All Things Automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Nico? Yes, good morning, good morning. Have you ever heard of that thing called Pavlov's dog? I think it's Pavlov's dog. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) How does it it work? Um, My understanding is uh, Pavlov had uh, dogs that he fed, and every time he fed the dog, he rang a bell, and eventually he would just ring the bell, and the dogs would salivate because they were taught when the bell rang, they ate. So how's this for a funny thing? Every time we talk about you, Nico, our petrol head, I start salivating for a really good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I wondered, I wondered where was this going? <laughs> Seriously, and I'm That's not even joking. Brilliant. You think I'm joking. I'm not. I, I go, Nico, our petrol head, and then my brain goes to coffee and all oh. my little um, whatever taste buds in my mouth. And Dosh is nodding her head and going, yes, yes, me too. Oh, okay. And I, maybe uh, our listeners as well are having it as well, that as we talk to you, we instantly talk to th- start to think of cappuccinos, um, the kind of coffee. What's your one again? You always cortado. have You always have a cortado. Or, or, just, or just any coffee, actually. No, not any coffee, a real coffee. Oh, okay. It's like my mouth oh, yeah. starts to water for a real coffee. So there we go. <laughs> but you're on the couch. You've had your cup of coffee already, hey? Yes, of course, of course. I'm always ready. I've got to get up and, and have a good – well, I'm going to just have a coffee. I can go without it, but it helps a lot to get the day going. Okay. So, so Michelle, yes. the, first, the, first, um, the first ever car race in the world, as we know today, yeah. um, the French were the, the ones that got the most excited about car racing. So the first one was in 1894. Yeah. Um, and it was from Paris to Rouen. Yes. Um, what type of car do you um, think won that? So not, I mean, like we know cars of, uh, what, how was it driven? Let me put it to you this way, in a, in a different way. How was that car driven? How, how do you um, mean, how was the car driven? What, what type of engine did it have? Oh, um, I know this. Please tell me. Um, can I think about it for a little bit? It's, you could, but it's not what you're expecting, actually. No, I know it's not what I'm expecting. Um, mm-hmm. It was, um, wasn't it a Peugeot or something? <laughs> it was a Peugeot. Are you Googling, Michelle? No. <laughs> well done. <laughs> no. No, it was um, a motorized vehicle, but we know that. But it was a yeah. Peugeot motorized vehicle. Um, it was a steam engine. It wasn't motorized. It was a steam engine. I knew it was something different to a normal car. Yeah, they were actually, they were disqualified. It was called La Marquise. They were disqualified because they had a stoker in the car, which wasn't allowed. But it's quite funny to, to think about the first ever car race and realize um, that it was actually won by a steam-powered car. Um, and then if you look at some of the early races as well, um, one of the first closed circuit races, and the first, because these races were all on the road. So you basically race from town to town, which was designed, dangerous because obviously there were pedestrians and there was livestock, you know. So the roads weren't what they were today. The roads themselves weren't necessarily always the best. Mm-hmm. So the first ever, well, one of the first ever closed circuit races was won by an electric car before the, you know, in the, in, Two centuries ago, so it's also around 1897. So we're going full circle. We've gone from EV and we're going back to EV. Yeah, exactly. So, it's not, you know, we always think EV is the latest technology and it's the latest stuff, but it, it's, it's been around um, since the car was around. The issue was always the same issues we have today, which is batteries and range. 
Um, yeah. Because an electric motor is very efficient. It's just how do you get enough energy into the battery? How do you store enough energy to get good range and, and recharging it? But in the turn of the century, New York taxis, a lot of them were electric. Um, so, yeah, when you think about electric cars, it's not actually necessarily the latest thing. It's been around for a while. Um, Nico, I've got another question to ask you. Uh-huh. Um, would you ever... What What is the worst you would be blasphemous, not blasphemous, but swear on air? No, um, I don't know. I might have sweared on air before. I don't I don't know. I made a small little hiccup. Because, you know, the thing is, normally you, you, you tend to forget as I'm talking and we're having a conversation. Um, I sometimes forget I'm on air. So it might be that, a, a, you know, a word slips out. So I... I might have possibly done it. I don't know, but I don't think I... The reason, the reason I'm asking is because Peter in Durban, one of our listeners, says, Morning, Michelle, great show, but please watch the blasphemous language from your guests. And, and oh. I'm wondering how Peter thinks I can do that because you could be just talking and then, oops, something pops out and there's not much I can do about watching the blasphemous language from mm. my guests, isn't it? Well, I, that's one thing I don't do. It's, it's no, blasphemy. you don't blaspheme. I know that. Yeah, you're not going to hear that from me. But uh, yes, I, I would agree with you. Unfortunately, the difficult thing, as I just, as my example, you know, you um, uh, sometimes people forget that they're on air, or that's just the way they speak. Unfortunately, so um, yeah, yeah, I don't like that for me either. I agree with, 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 with the listener, but it's not that easy for you doing the interview to control that. Yeah, not so, at all. So, you can't control it. So, Peter, there we go. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry if if some of our listeners do do that, but you know, I can't always control how our listeners speak so i've got a quick can i go to some quick questions for you yes far away that as you know it's my favorite part so i know so um isaac says the following isaac says let's say they both have 1.6 engine capacities which one do you think would be better between a manual and automatic transmissions in consuming less fuel? Yo, um, it actually um, depends on the type of automatic. Um, that's going to have an effect. Um, so when you drive a manual, of course, the, the big things that affect your fuel consumption is the revs on the engine and how much accelerated pedal you, you're giving. In other words, how, how hard you're pressing that accelerated pedal. In a manual, you can control that to, to quite a big extent. So that makes a, a difference in the fuel consumption. And with a manual, your connection between your engine and the gearbox is done with a clutch, which means it's a direct connection. There's no losses. Um, if you look at the automatics, there are three basic types that you get when you buy automatics. There is the old, let's call it traditional type of um, automatic, which is referred to as a torque converter, which if you imagine uh, two fans that sit opposite each other mm. that are enclosed in oil, but they're not touching. So when you drive, your engine turns the one fan, which turns the oil, which turns the second fan, and basically turns your gearbox. So that type of gearbox um, has losses because that's not direct. It's these two fans in oil. So um, you will have some losses in performance because it drops some power, and it's going to affect your fuel consumption because of the, the torque converter. Um, then you have two other types. The one is a CDT, and that actually uses a clutch, which is a direct connection. And then, of course, we get twin clutch gearboxes, which again uses a clutch, which is a direct connection. So it actually does depend on the type of gearboxes, but in theory, you shouldn't have too many losses yeah. with, a, with, a, with a, a CDT or even a twin clutch. So 
if you drive them the same way, in theory, you might even get better fuel consumption with the twin clutch because it is changing the gears at the optimal time, might even do it better than you can. So the type of automatic gearbox is going to affect that fuel consumption. And definitely, if it's a tool converter, then it's going to be heavier than a manual. Okay, I hope that uh, that answer goes well for our listener. Someone else saying, hi, Michelle, can you ask Nico, when one is unfortunately caught in a hailstorm whilst driving? Oh, we've all been there. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And one is forced to drive through those floods of water. Can this damage one's car? And I have to say, the hail can damage one's car. I mean, I had my car damaged by hail, and man, it's just insane what that hail can do. But what about the floods of water um, that our listener is suggesting? Um, yeah, so the, I had the same with my previous car, all the little bumps all over. Um, so I, I, it's really difficult to try and explain, you know, to be because each situation is different. But if there's just hail on the road, um, it might be slippery. Um, it might be slippery mm. um, because a lot of hail, of course, um, now affects how much your tire is touching the road. Sometimes it actually does make these little flood puddles. But again, if you're not racing through them, I can't really see an issue with that. Um, you've just got to be careful because you don't necessarily know how deep the water is. So for a car, your biggest problem that might damage it is where your air intake is, which is normally about the height of your headlight, right behind your headlight. So as long as you're not driving through water that's above the headlight, because what's going to happen if, if, if your car sucks in water, then, of course, it works nicely with air and a flame, and water doesn't work, work well with that, so it's going to put out the flame. So um, apart from that, I can't necessarily think of issues where it's going to damage the car, but you can't see potholes now. You don't know how deep the water is, and you have to slow down. You can't race through the water. But that's completely different to water running off um, you know, rivers or bridges. We, we say that a lot. Um, any, any stream water flowing is very dangerous because your car floats much better than you realize because you know, also to look at the side area the car has. Mm. So if you're driving where water's flowing across the road or in a certain direction, if it's deep enough and the water's flowing with a big stream, it can actually take your car uh, along. Your car almost starts floating. So the danger is water, not the standing water, but a big stream of water, um, almost like a river that's flowing in the same direction. So if you're driving and that's the case on the road and it's deep enough and the water's strong enough, it might actually take your car. So you've got to, you've got to be careful, but you know, each situation is different. Okay, I've got a question for Tom. I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to go to a break so you can think about it. It's not okay. that hard though. Good morning, Michelle and Nico. Some cars have the facility to automatically stop the engine to, at stop streets and then start again when the accelerator is depressed. Um, good question. Does this drain the battery? Okay. Um, you can answer this after the break. <laughs> no. You, you the okay, I'll, okay, I'll answer this after the break. <laughs> good day. I'm Madidaba Wasichaba and these are your top stories. Reports state that Sama Award-winning, platinum-selling artist Vusi Nova is planning to get his leg back until he's side of the story. After years of getting vilified by the media and becoming a victim of cancel culture, the star is ready to show the world who he is beyond the name and the fame, proving why Angege Baskone as Mzanti gets to see him unapologetic, uncut and unprovoked. 
For more on this, catch Vusi Nova unprovoked starting on the 2nd of March on SABC1. I'm Maridaba Wasichaba. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. So, Nico, what's the answer? So, the answer, no, you don't have to worry at all. Um, it takes very little energy to start the car. And, of course, as soon as you're driving, um, your alternator is charging your battery again. So, a lot of people are also worried about the starter motor, but normally a car that has we call the start-stop actually has a reduction gear on the starter motor, so it's strong enough. So, normally the engine has to be designed around that. You, they can't just necessarily take a normal engine. Um, so there's some modifications to the engine to make it one that has start-stop, but the, the starter is strong enough, and it's very little energy to get the flywheel going, and after that, you're going to charge the battery again anyway with, with your alternator, so not an issue at all. Okay, there we go. Another question. This is from Dave in Cape Town. Dave wants to know if you've got any thoughts on the Fiat 500X. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> Um, it, it's, I think it's a, fa- a fabulous car, the Fiat 500X. Yeah. Um, it's, um, the, the, the positives is that they currently are going at very good prices. Um, oh. the, the negative of a Fiat 500 is it's not necessarily popular when you resell it. So the downside of, of the Fiat is um, if, it were, if you were in Italy, different story. But in South Africa, the, the trade-in value is not necessarily as good as competitive um, cars at the same price. However, the pricing currently, and um, um, I know somebody recently that bought one of uh, the car, uh, bought a 500X as we're talking about it, and she loves the car. She's really happy with it, and they bought it at a very good price. So the dealers yeah. are offering a very good price because these cars um, it looks like they're going to go electric with a 500 range. Oh. But it, I, I, Yeah, so I think it's a good-looking car. Um, I, it's, it's actually quite big and a little bit higher, but as I said, the downside is that the trading value after five years might not be as strong as something else, but you can work that, you know, balance that against the price that they currently offer, and, and that might make it worth your while. So here's a thought, hey, um, and I'm sure someone's thinking this as well, is that if, that, if it's a fabulous car and they're looking at uh, turning it into an EV, an electric vehicle, any mm-hmm. chance one could actually take one that's a, a petrol car and then turn it into an electric vehicle? You could, but it's very costly. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's not worth your money, and, and you don't really have necessarily have the same technology. If you were taking an old car, mm. um, I, I, I saw an article this is a while back where somebody, I think it was in Australia, had something, as we know, remember the Nissan, those little Nissan Buckies? Yes, Nissan yeah, Buckies. Yeah, so somebody had that in Australia and had turned that into an EV. Um, but, of course, the Bucky is fairly cheap, and uh, you can buy an electric motors and, and, and buy fairly tough or cheap batteries. So it is possible, but it's not going to be cost effective to take a modern car um, like that Fiat and do it. Also, there's not necessarily space. It, it can be done. And some of these actually take their petrol and diesel cars and then make an electric version of that. So you're buying an electric car, but it's actually a converted um, petrol or diesel, let's call it an mm. ice car. Yeah, so... That's the that sort of not that not that cost effective, but there are companies in the UK that are successfully doing this. So old cars, um, they are converting them into electric. If you think about, um, uh, is it Jason Momoa? Um, do you know yeah, the about? actor the, from the actor. Game of Thrones. Exactly, he's actually um, recently bought uh, who had a Rolls Royce converted into an electric car. So it's a, a really 
old Rolls Royce. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing around about 1920s, and he had that con- uh, converted into an electric car. So in other words, it's outside it's a Rolls Royce, but it's actually an electric car underneath. Um, sure. And really, so it's this beautiful old Rolls Royce, but you know, running on the road quietly. And of course, when they converted, the car's really modified to be able to handle the acceleration from the electric motor and the braking. So it's a beautiful thing. It's an easy search on the internet to see that car. Wow. Okay. Um, someone else wants to know um, a second-hand BMW X1 2012. Is that a good buy? I would say that we need to look at how many kilometers there are on the clock. Exactly. So a few things. Um, uh, what engine? I'm not sure what engine is in there. Um, the, the favorite ones were the diesels. So if you're buying the um, uh, the, the diesel version, um, the, the two-liter diesel, that's always a you know that's a great engine. Um, but I would say you need to you definitely need to look at the service history. How many kilometers does the car have on the clock? What's the overall condition? Has it been in an accident? Does it have a full service history? Um, so the down, it is a 12-year-old car, so you've got to realize that with a 12-year-old car, things eventually go, and you're going to have to replace things. It's not You're not necessarily going to drive this car for five years without actually having mm. to replace things or clean injectors or new battery or look at CV boots or you know whatever it is. There's things that go and cars that eventually just go and have to be replaced. So I think those would be the things to look out for when you're buying this car. So, Nico, um, I was just thinking a 12-year-old car. Wow. That's, I mean, no matter what, that can't be the best buy as a second-hand car, surely. No, not necessarily. I, I think, um, I mean, I, as I've said before, I bought a car that was six years old when I bought it. And, and for me, it's not a worry because of quite low kilometers. Um, I looked at the condition of everything else. Mm. So it is always a risk as opposed to buying a new car. But the price difference Michelle, is, is massive if you're looking at what you're going to buy for a new X1 versus yeah. this car. So I I think it, it's always going to be risky, as I said. But yeah. if you balance it out with that um, and you're not spending all your money, the big thing is you've got to allow for the servicing of the car. If you know who the owner was, um, it would be great. So let's say mm. there was one owner, you know the person, and you're buying the car for them, then suddenly this really becomes a great deal because yeah. they, you know that they've looked after the car and some people really look after the cars well, and some people just don't. Yeah. So, um, but you know, people buy cars that are even older, and they don't really have issues. So, the, the big thing is, yeah, it, it's you've got to really look at the car and have it looked at, and make sure it hasn't been in an accident. And for me, always a full service history means that the previous owner was trying to look after this car as as best as he or she could. Yeah. Okay. We've got a couple of questions. I'm just going to go through to them right now. Let's um, go for it. Hi, Michelle. I'm driving a Toyota Quanta. Can you ask for me what's the disadvantage of freewheeling the car when you go down the step? Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning to the team and the regular listeners across the country. Nico, can we please have you also on YouTube, probably sharing us videos because we are just simply addicted to your show. Secondly, uh, Michelle is not giving you ample time, less than 30 minutes. Michelle, can you please look into probably giving him 45 minutes? Lastly, my car is always asking me to top up my oil level regardless of how much oil that i top up but i don't see any leakage beneath the car what might be the cause is bramoro in bloemfontein 
There you go, Nico. We need a YouTuber uh, for sure. A YouTuber. I mean, but Brian Morris asked that before, so I think the time has come. Nico, let's start with the quantum and then we'll go to the top up of the oil. Um, a Toyota Quantum, is it a good di- idea to freewheel down the hill? No, freewheeling is dangerous um, because um, freewheeling means that you take the car out of gear down the hill. Yeah. And then, if you, then you have to select the gear. If you're selecting the wrong gear, it might cause the wheels to lock up, which would make the car unstable. If there's an emergency and you suddenly have to react on the accelerator pa- pedal, to, you know, the, then you're not connected to the drive of the car. So freewheeling is a bad idea to save fuel. Simply by releasing accelerator pedal in most cars, anyway, it's not using a lot of fuel. Some cars now um, would actually, um, the engine would, would idle, some would cut off the power. I don't think the quantum stops the engine from running, but you're not using a lot of fuel down the hill if you're off the accelerator. It's using very little. But the thing is just, for me, the control issue of your car, you're not in control because you're not in gear. So I don't think it's a good idea. I don't, I, I hate not hate, but I really don't do freewheeling because I think it's dangerous. Okay, so no freewheeling, even uh-uh. if you're in a Toyota Quantum. Quickly, topping up oil. You top up the oil, you top up the oil, um, you top up the oil. I don't know. So, so the car, then the car is burning the oil. So the, 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 the car is somehow burning the oil. I, I, I can't see you putting up oil and oil and oil and it's not leaking. So um, go buy some uh, um, white paper. Um, yeah. Put it all over the garage where you're parking. You know, A4 little pieces of paper. You can buy quite a lot or even cardboard if you need to. Park on there and leave it there for overnight and have a look. Or underneath the engine, if you put a car on a lift, if the car's leaking oil, you'll see it, you know, around the car. But it shouldn't just be burning off that much oil where you're topping up, topping up. And, you know, I think you have a leak somewhere. Have it checked out. Bramoro and Bloemfontein, go check your car out. You have to do that. Okay, Nico, I promise next yeah. week it'll be 30 minutes. Exactly. Okay, that, oh, awesome. I'm looking forward to 30 minutes. Awesome. That, yeah. Maybe you can right, come Jack. in as well eh? with that Betty's chocolate cake, tiny Betty's chocolate cake. <laughs> Nine o'clock, time for the news. Good morning. Independent and impartial.